1: There. you're listening to Flop Culture. This is a podcast all about flops, good, bad and the ones in between. I'm your host, Fanula J. I hope you're really well. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode on Talisa. Hashtag justice for Talisa. Big thank you again to Aaron Twitchin'. He will 100% be back and appreciate all the feedback on it. Great episode. Loved it. There's another absolute 10 out of 10 flop coming up and I'm very excited to talk about it but first let's talk about the news. What's been happening this week? Former Disney star Bridget Mendler has launched an outer space communications startup. Once again proving that child fame should not be a thing. We should not let children be famous or we should let them be famous for a while and then we should let them... Work in STEM, women in STEM, am I right? Bridget Mendler, right? Most people will probably know from a Disney Channel show called Good Luck Charlie. It ran from 2010 to 2014. I think she was also in Wizards of Waverly Place. Been in lots of original Disney Channel stuff. Lemonade Mouth is another one. It was a movie. None of these I have seen. I know Bridget Mendler from the studio album, Hello My Name Is, which came out in 2012 and has a song that goes viral once every six months on TikTok. And it's called Hurricane. And it's one of the best songs ever because she does like a fake British accent intro that makes absolutely... It just makes absolutely no sense. It's so bonkers it works. And then it is this absolute slapper of a chorus. I love it so much. I'm actually going to listen to it immediately after I finish this podcast. But anyway, she hasn't released music since 2017 because she's been busy doing shit with space. You know what I mean? So now she's founded this company... The base in Los Angeles is called Northwood Space. I think she's doing it alongside her husband, Griffin Cleverly, and an engineer, Sharia Lutra. And they made the announcement on Twitter, X formerly known as Twitter, whatever. They're after receiving $6.3 million in funding. They said, We have our sights, we have our sights on building a data highway between Earth and space. We are designing shared ground infrastructure from first principles to expand access to space. We've a lot of work ahead of us, but that's the fun part brilliant her commitment to not releasing music she needs to be studied you know what I mean like she's outlapping Rihanna Normani at this point because she's like I will do anything better than release music I want to build a data highway to space that's what I want to be doing I don't want to be releasing music and the organization's mission is to build a data highway between earth and space To meet the needs of today's space industry, the one-lane rickety road for space data needs to adapt to a 10-lane highway routing continuous traffic across the globe. I host a podcast, so I'm not smart enough to understand what any of that means. She's very smart. She graduated from the University of Southern California in 2016, received a master's and doctorate of philosophy from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in 2020, and 2024, and a doctorate of law from Harvard Law School in 2024. This woman is a genius. And you know what? fair play to her. She could be releasing bops, but she said, you know, I'm going to use this big bop brain of mine and I'm going to do something about space. I'm going to make sure I can send texts to space. Brilliant. Good for her. Bridget, if you ever want to come on the podcast, I'm here. I'm definitely going to do a podcast episode on her. This new story this week, just put her back in my brain. I love her. Anyway, from one pop star to another, shall we get into this week's flop? I'm so excited. Let's go back to the mid-naughties, shall we? The reality TV boom, it's just beginning and all we wanted was to be able to peek into our favourite celebrities' lives. Enter Totally Scott Lee, a show that promised a behind-the-scenes look into the life of step-singer Lisa Scott Lee and her husband, Johnny Shenthal. However, the premise of the show quickly changed, becoming an experiment that would define what it truly means to flop in every sense of the word, forever encapsulated by an MTV film crew. Joining me to discuss reality TV one-hit wonder, Totally Scottly, is co-host of the Unveiled podcast, Nessa Morrissey. Enjoy. Nessa Morrissey, you are so welcome to Flock Culture. How are you doing? Great. It's great to be welcomed
2: well. in my own home. I really appreciate it.
1: This is the first one eh, that I've done on the road. Oh, this is wow. the first one where the guest has been like, come to my house, which is very nice. We're Thank you for tour, that. We're on tour, baby. You're so welcome. We're on tour, baby. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, talk to me about the flap that you've picked. I'm so excited. Okay.
2: It's very niche. That's okay. And I do feel like my whole stars have aligned for being asked to come on this podcast because... I will talk about this show Rent Free to anybody who listens anyway, which is kind of a weird thing to bring up, so I'm glad that we have a whole thing dedicated to it. So it is Totally Scott Lee, which was a show on MTV in 2005, I think it was, about Lisa Scott Lee, formerly of Steps. She's going on a revival, I don't know if you want to say tour, she's on a revival journey to try and go solo, okay, Mm. and she basically has... Her first single that she's kind of doing on her own, on the cusp of the show, coming on board, I think it gets to, like, 23.
1: 23, yeah. The which, iconic moment. Sorry. It's, like, she'll be doing well. It's, I, I was going to say, like, it's very interesting. The the whole show kind of charts her essentially flopping, which is hysterical, given the concept of this podcast. Perfect. But, like... It's funny now because there are so many pop stars now who kind of can get away with actually not really charging yes. at all and it's they're still considered successful. So I'm like, was she just too ahead of her time? I don't know. Trailblazer. A trailblazer, Did, a trailblazer <laughs> in some ways, perhaps. Did you watch this when it came out or was it like a yeah. later watch for you? No, okay. It
2: was. I, I don't know if I'm ashamed or proud to say that this is my third
1: time watching this. No, that's pride. <laughs> third yeah. time lucky, that's yeah. pride.
2: No, I remember watching it in real time and it was like In like we were kind of talking about this before the podcast it was like in that era or time where like shows were just ruthless like reality TV was so mean like they destroyed the the people who it was about like today you would never get a fraction of what was aired on that to make it to actual TV so it was like perfect for a viewer but like having gone back and watched it as an adult like it's uncomfortable especially like as a woman as well because there's some parts of it that are like Oh, I don't know if it's, like, on the cusp of problematic, but, like, it's not great. No,
1: I would agree, because I think the start of it is, like, it's absolutely hilarious. And then as you're watching her kind of unravel towards the end, it is a bit like, Ugh. you are kind of like, Ugh. oh, maybe I actually do kind of feel slightly sorry for you. Yeah,
2: there's two elements, because, like, she's a melt. Like, I mean, she is, you're like, oh, Lisa.
1: Very diva behaviour, because, obviously, she's coming off the huge success of Steps. Were you Steps girly? No, like, fair play. <laughs> so, it went for me. That's the most polite way of saying no ever. I think mean, this getting baby was a moment. Yeah, so. absolutely, yeah. No, that's absolutely <coughs> fair. But she's going off the massive success yeah. of that, and there's this anticipation that there is going to be, like, a solo career. So the show is kind of following her a year into the effort. Yeah. She initially is doing... So I think even before she started releasing solo music, she's initially managing uh, her three younger brothers, including Andy Scott Lee, who's oh, also yes. featured in the show. Yeah, because he's in a group of their own called 3SL. I couldn't they, remember if
2: it was that or 3LW, but that was... I'm getting a little tired, I'm a little
1: promises. <laughs> anyway move on <laughs> too many bands yeah. with letters and numbers they obviously don't really do much so she does release uh, a debut single this is 2003 and it's Lately which she co-wrote that does reasonably well it goes to number 6 oh. uh, she's another song then, Too Far Gone which goes in at number 11 she ends up parting ways with her label at the time which is Mercury so she's like okay what am I going to do she's an album recorded at this point called Unleashed which is cancelled even though like promotional samplers have been sent out already so then she's like okay what do I do she ends up self-funding this project with uh, Intenso project this song yeah. called Get It On and they self-fund the video and stuff and that's where we meet them at the start of the first episode because yes. it's like okay she has this song she's getting out there she's like a sexy girl like how is the track going to do whatever because Lisa throughout this whole thing also wants you to know that she's working very hard she's a very hard working girl and she's a hard working pop star oh my god would she stop <laughs> we get it <laughs> <laughs> oh well,
2: we'll, we'll, we'll delve into
1: that yeah, yeah. so it opens and the, it's that iconic first episode where it's like she's talking to her manager who is Nathan Moore who's also kind of a failed pop star and it's that man beyond, we'll get into it, but it opens and okay, the song goes to 23, she's devastated, she's like, we were B-listed on capital, like the song should have gone to number one, and I get it, because obviously they've self-funded the video or whatever, Yeah. MTV are filming all this, MTV have the idea to be like, well we're filming this as it is anyway, so like let's take this as a challenge, Yeah. your next song that you do has to break the top 10, or you give up your pop career, so the show is essentially charging the work she's putting into getting the song, and the work she's doing to promote the song, and the There's this live show at the end to see whether she ends up making it in the chart. Like, saying it out loud, it would, as you said, it would literally never happen today.
2: No, and, like, it's cruel, Mm. but, like, it's gorgeous to watch. You know what I mean? It's, I feel like, oh, God, but You know, yeah, it's it's the, the, the end by the end part as well. But like you were saying, the figures weren't... Tr- like train wreck. Mm. Like I know so I think it was 23 and your, ma- your man Nathan, the manager, he will talk about it. He was like, you know, Lisa, like it's a car crash. And she's <laughs> like, well, I wouldn't say car crash. Nathan. <laughs> like it's like an iconic clip that's like on TikTok and everything. But like,
1: it's not. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: So. Yeah, because
1: it's very interesting because it's not really like, there aren't a lot of talking heads. It's very much like following them. So you're seeing every angle of it. And you're also seeing, because I don't think you see this with pop stars these days. You won't do you don't kinda of see them showing their work when they all obviously want to be like number one and they all want to do well. But it seemed like at this time it was like, oh no, you don't you don't admit that you want to do well you don't admit that like not getting into the top 20 is a failure whereas you're seeing Lisa be like this is shit and like she's openly saying this in radio interviews and promotion interviews and stuff like that I know obviously it's tied into the show as well it's the whole premise but she's actually being like yeah no if we don't get to top 10 I'm going to be devastated like I put in so much work into this music for my fans if I'm not getting the same response back for my fans like that's a bit shit like it's so there's it's so candid and it's so funny. And I'm like, I don't know if you're he- hearing yourself like what yeah, you're saying. element. This is again where
2: I'm like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, maybe shite. Right. And then there's an element, there's a real element of like expectancy there as mm. well from her, I think. Just because you're putting the work in, like it doesn't mean you're going to get. Now in fairness to her, like I don't think she was set up for success her manager is
1: Kooky Doo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is, what's Nathan. his name? Nathan. Nathan. And he had been in a, a boy band called Brother Beyond yeah, as their she lead singer. now every three times. Yeah. Seconds. Which I will say that's the editors and it's fucking hilarious because Nathan's like, because when I was in a band and then it cuts <laughs> and it's like just him in the music video, like da, 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 like typical <laughs> 90s, 80s. Uh, he went on, as you said, like he's managing Lisa Scott Lieb, who went on and represented a number of other pop idol contestants and stuff. Like he didn't have a huge amount of success, but like he's trying to manage yeah. Lisa. He's then also trying to manage. Her brother Andy Scott Lee who would get, we've already mentioned, yeah. kind of failed another failed boy band, pop idol person. He's managing the two of them. He himself is still kind of performing in Botlands and like and, <laughs> Butlins, sorry not,
2: Butlins, not even Butlins but Pontons. Like, he 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 booked Lisa for uh Mardi Gras in Cardiff, <laughs> 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 the home of Mardi Gras, and it's somebody laughing at <laughs> the soul of my. God. But he also booked himself on Mardi Gras, and it's kind of like surely there's a conflict of interest here. And like you kind of see that unravel as well. So oh, sorry about That's that. That's okay. Um, she's a busy girl, girls. She's, she's booked a busy. I was like, Mom, text me during. This. <laughs> um, so you kind of see then they kind of push the funnel down further and further of trying to amalgamate Andy, the brother, and Lisa together. Um, and as Fernando said, he's managing the both and he starts to, like, make them try and launch their single on the same day. They end up getting signed to the same record label. They sh- they share a video set, essentially. It was, like, timeshare, which she did the morning, and they did a quick fucking clean-up, and then he was on, you know? So... Yeah, like, she was never, considering all of that, I think the success she had with the, the song was pretty okay.
1: And the song wasn't bad. The song isn't bad, right? So the song is called Electric, and there that's a, another kind of arc in the series as well, where it's like, she wants to, Electric is very pop, electro-pop, again, kind of in the realm of, like, I'm a sexy girl, yeah, yeah. sexy, sexy girl. Yeah. And then the other track she recorded was Now or Never, which was way more like contemporary adults like guitar, rock, <laughs> raw, <laughs> authentic, me. Uh, Guy Chambers wrote Electric, huge, oh. and he also wrote a load of um, Brian McFadden songs. And Spice Girls. And it's Spice amazing. Girls, yeah, and Robbie Williams. Yeah, they should have went, they should have went
2: that route. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, but a good song.
2: It was kind of like a shit version <laughs> of Damn, but like, that's okay. <laughs> I was kind of like, this sound like I, I, I'm okay
1: with this. It's just so funny again to watch the tension between her and the record label team, so she, at this point she was signed to, as you mentioned, the same label as Andy Scott Lee. it was Concept yeah. Records it was a much smaller record label, again prior to this you're seeing Nathan go around, like he has this flip chart with all the labels written on it and it's just like no written next to all of them but, and it's, he's going back to say that to Lisa and he's like but they can't all say no, they eventually get the deal with Concept yeah. and it, they again Again, you can see the struggle in concepts offices because like they've obviously signed on because it's like, okay, we've an MTV TV yeah, show backing yeah. this and whatever. And like Lisa's kind of had a track record of like having songs, so like surely how hard can it be? But there's one woman in there Roseanne. and Roseanne and is like is not about her from the get-go. And hides it so well.
2: <laughs> I did so well in front of all of the MTV cameras. I know, but like I again like she's like sorry it doesn't work like that which I understand because like I do think Lisa was trying to dictate their decisions but then again stuff you would never see today was like the record label exec I think his name is Max
1: mm, Max Bloom annual,
2: the, the, the other exact label being like I mean who even buys Lisa Scott Lee <laughs> records and it was like you you spied
1: her (laughs) it's oh my god it's just it's beyond and even that whole conversation around when they're like when Lisa's going back being like I think we should do now or never and they're pushing electric and they like the two of them are they're essentially hanging up on Lisa and being like what the fuck Shannon? about and Roseanne is essentially like she doesn't know best like the artists don't always know best getting that insight was just so interesting but then like mashed into the show while you're following her solo career and these endeavours you're getting insects of, like, Lisa Scott Lee and her life with her husband, who, I'm going to be honest, I cannot believe she's still married to her, but, like, it's fair play, happy I for them. he's an absolute dose. Do you? Yeah. Oh, my God, I thought he was such a good husband. Mm, no? I don't know. Why? And Andy, Andy. No,
2: Johnny.
1: Johnny? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, Andy's, Andy's brother. Friend. Fuck's sake. Oh, my God, Johnny, yes. This is
2: my special subject.
1: Johnny was a member hearsay as well. So, again, no. sorry, we haven't mentioned, the theme song for the show is essentially, like, take the piss out of all the fact that they're all essentially has been because I think initially they were positioning the show as like kind of the UK's answer to newlyweds and it was going to follow Lisa and Johnny because they had obviously just gotten married but then also you've like Andy shoved in Andy's going out with Shell Heaton who was in Liberty X at the time which we have to get into that. like they, yeah
2: it's like the pop culture crossovers just keep on going and going and going and it's like there's like for me there was like two shows essentially mm. it was like the Lisa Scott Lee Career element, but I also was bet into the Andy and Michelle Keaton like element as well. Mm. You can definitely tell the family don't love Michelle, yeah, it's, like, it's not exactly hidden. And I thought it was so interesting because it was like so the time and culture of like the whole celebrity, like you know, when celebrity was like a real thing, like, yeah, paps and like tabloid,
1: like real tabloid yeah, culture, yeah. yeah,
2: it was like obviously before times of social media and that was like their currency, so he like was gonna propose to Michelle and didn't tell any of his family because he was like, you know, obviously I don't want to mess up the tell-all with okay. And it was like, he was just being so transparent about it. Like he wasn't even trying to like play it down. It was like, oh, that's not the reason we're doing this or whatever, you know? <laughs> and then like Lisa and the husband then are like kind of giving it shit about them that they basically got engaged. And like Lisa's husband, Johnny's like, I mean, like, does he even want to get engaged to her? He's just doing it to make her happy. And she's like, yeah, well, I'd want to keep her happy. I was like, this is gold.
1: It's how they set them up as rivals as well is just so mean because again obviously Michelle is like riding high at this point with Liberty X again they're kind of in a similar they'd just released a song at that time and ended up going number four and this is in tandem with Lisa's having a banger with Electric trying to go going around all of Cardiff to every radio station being like will you please ring up every member of Steps which she genuinely does and he's like can you please buy a copy she'll buy it probably (laughs) It's just, it's absolutely beyond. I loved when it was Michelle's birthday, and again, like Lisa turns up with her three friends, absolutely pissed. You're getting this all on camera. They pretend, in inverted commas, to forget the present oh, for Michelle. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're falling around the streets laughing that Lisa hasn't eaten properly that day So that's why she's so fucked and they're calling her Lisa Sconley because that's all she's eaten That was a belter. I can't like it's just to get that insight because it's like the things you'd be doing with your own friends on the night <laughs> We're like this is hilarious but it's like MTV are capturing the whole thing and are watching it now And we're going to eviscerate you for it I
2: know one of my other favorite like lol moments was when she goes to see a celebrity psychic <laughs> I can't remember his name, but he gave Jackie Stallone energy. Oh, majorly. He was like, You're gonna be a star. And he was like, the people <laughs> want Liza. And she's like, It's Lisa. And he's like, You need to be sexy. He's like, The damn Jackie, she's like, Not sexy. No, no.
1: <laughs> Not sexy. No no. No
2: sexy. Like, no, like, no, no, no. Look at this man, I love him.
1: How does it finish up then? We're across eight episodes. Yeah. And as I said, we're kind of following um, all of their lives and her desperately, like, on the on a mission to get back into the charts again. Yeah. How does the series kind of continue? Yeah, they,
2: like, I mean, she she kind of essentially walks further and further off the plank, you know. And then number eight is essentially we're watching her right to drop, yeah. you know. And it's, it's cruel, okay, because... They have her basically on MTV live.
1: Right? Yeah, so that like the, is it Rebecca the seventh Williams. episode is is live or a bit of it is live and it's yeah. introed by Emma Willis and an irrelevant male yeah. TV presenter. Sorry, Dunker, yes. Whatever. Happy for you, Donker. Okay. Um, and they're kind of like, okay, so you're going to find out the results now after this with us, and we've kept you in a room all day, blah blah blah. And then the non-live portion is them kind of tracking the last few hours and the last kind of ditch effort. Yeah. So then the, you come back from the break, and it's Emma being like, So we've kept you here. Like, how are you feeling? What are, you going, are you going to quit the music industry? Whatever, yeah. if this comes out in shape. And like, we haven't seen what's going on behind the scenes yet, but like, Lisa actually already knows the chart position. And yeah. it's, it's kind of it's like a horror movie how it unfolds. Oh God, so <laughs> Emma reveals the news that Electric has gone in at number 13. Yeah. And Lisa's like, still alright. It's still so alright. Her eyes are dead. Her eyes are dead everyone's kind of like applauding in the background because all the, the full cast is there like Michelle Heaton Andy it's Nathan it's it's it's, yeah it's just her <laughs> family is there this confetti drops from the ceiling it's one of the most miserable things I've ever seen in my entire life and then to see what, ha- we, what actually was going on behind the scenes like before they go to air yeah. that's a bit where I was like oh actually maybe I do feel a bit sorry if you know, even though you were acting like a massive diva yeah
2: I, I do feel like it was like a public lynching a little bit of her you know what I mean like um and Emma Willis opened the um, the intro of the show being like, you are such a brave woman. Like, if somebody was opening me, waiting to find out what the chart position was, I'd be like, yeah, I'm off. Yeah. Because like, brave is not good sometimes, you know? I mean? But basically, as you were saying from the other, like, they kind of knew the chart position and the standoff that you alluded to behind, behind the air off stage was basically finally somebody in her family was like this is enough is enough like Mm. you're you're just taking absolutely fucking piss every year at this point because they wanted lisa to stand there live on tv while they listed off the top 10 people which
1: obviously weren't her i shouldn't laugh but like it's just insane to even think that anyone was like
0: it's just it's nuts
2: bring it back
1: bring it back bring it back honestly I love it. I think, like, the insight you get into their family, like, we meet her nan and you get interviews with her nan and her nan's trying to support a career and her nan is some absolute fucking I cracking can. one-liners.
2: I can't. Like, she was, like, on the first one, Elise brings all the shit out. Like, I don't know, like, her magazine cutouts and everything and she's, like, to the camera, he's like, yeah, we, we hang it up because she likes us to think we take an interest. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, she's so... Good. Not the nanny, Nellie says she craves praise of everything. Like at one point they were talking about Andy's relationship and whether he was gonna get engaged. She stopped the whole conversation to make everybody praise the flowers she's put in a vase. <laughs> <laughs> <And> she's like, <laughs> Sorry, I'm dead into flowering. Like, oh, <laughs> flower. I'm like, no honey you put flowers in a vase I don't even think you cut stalks you know and then
1: I don't know if you saw the
2: clip where there's a daddy long legs in the kitchen and the dad is like pirouetting around the place trying to kill it picks up the newspaper and she's like no dad that's me on it she's like for god's sake I look nicer than that and it's just like you are like an egomania it's
1: yeah it's beyond like it's funny when you read the Wikipedia page of the show where it says that um, Lisa and the other cast members had no creative control over the series and Lisa Scott Lee was unhappy with some of the promotional material notably the subtitle Desperately Seeking Fame (laughs) which like it is a bit rude but it kind of is like it's the entire Consensus of the show. And I know there's an argument, you kind of see her at the end where she's like really struggling with the fact that she has agreed to, you know, yes. I'm going to give up my music career if it doesn't break the top ten. And yeah. she's like, really annoyed now, because you can see her like performing in like clubs, whatever, and there's about 14 people there, and she's like living for it, but then she gets yeah. off stage and is like, fuck, like, I give up all of this if yeah. the song doesn't turn. And I think at that point she's also realized it's probably not going to. Yeah. Like, and from that perspective, I'm like, mm, probably a bit shitty of the TV show but again at the same time it's like it's such a good concept, concept. like and at this yeah. point it was kind of make or break so like why not have that over our heads to be like I know it's so offensive there, for somebody to be like right okay if this doesn't do so, you
2: have to give up you effort. have to give you up. have to stop and leave <laughs> us alone but um, I do feel for me Michelle Keegan is like the undercurrent icon in it like she's so gassed like at one point Andy finally gets a record deal god love him and him Michelle and Nathan the communal manager essentially from Scott Lee's go for drinks and they like up champagne and Michelle's like oh, I'm well enough and she's like not well enough because Andy got a record deal she's like I'm well enough because it's Tom
1: Perignon <laughs> This is perfection. It's when at one point they're shopping as well, and oh, this yeah. woman comes up to Michelle Keaton thinking she's Victoria Beckham, but keeps repeatedly mispronounces Victoria Beckham and so keeps saying Victoria Beckham and she's And she's And Michelle's like, it. oh yeah, oh Michelle's furious. She's like so same hair extensions, yeah, but so like mad. is absolutely Rotted. But I do rotted. love,
2: like, it's like um, a cultural study watching things
1: like this as I'm obsessed with, like, the fashion. It's like, I was just oh. about to say, because even to go back to Michelle's birthday, like, yeah. Lisa turns up in this it's white halter neck top, this short green sequence. Like skirt. dancing on ice. It was like, but it was like she's going out for Paddy's Day or something. It was just, <laughs> a it, was, it was, oh yeah, and it was the same for her own birthday. She wears this, like, boot like tube top kind of dress and it's like adds Raleigh. a secret belt to it. It's just yeah. it is such a product of its time. I love like it's such a time capsule. I exactly, love
2: it. Yeah, or like her going like on the route to promote her single like she goes to the opening of a goldsmith which is <laughs> like, just like- basically <laughs> less than Fields which Fields it's, is fab but like you know it's just a really random thing in like a shopping centre and they're like so like why here today Lisa and she's like
1: well like you know I was asked so okay again but it's that candidness and absolute lack of media training that it's like what you do not say that like, We all don't. assume that, but like don't say it.
2: But I, I just was in awe of the clothes. Like there's Von Dutch moving around, there's like the Y2K sunglasses, there's a few gypsy skirts in the mix, a lot of cross chains on the men. Mm. It's so I like authentic. Tim the time, yeah, and
1: it's just I love it. You just reminded me of that scene when she is going to that jewellers and they're in the shopping centre and they can't find the shop, oh, so she goes yeah. up to those machines where you search and it tells you where it is. And she's like, afterwards, she's in awe at this technology. Yeah. She's like, that's dead, Andy. That I can't <laughs> believe that with <laughs> that machine. You're so good strong. at your presence She's like, God, love her. I'm, I'm kind of obsessed. Like, could anything have? prevented her career from flopping or was it written in the stars like do you think without the TV show could it have been a success was the TV did the con- t- TV show contribute what do you think oh my god Nathan is the flop <laughs> true
2: if he spent less time in and Punt and- <laughs> but like considering like the 13 was like Pretty good. And essentially they had two weeks to project to get a song, to get a record deal. So like that's ridiculous. They didn't have any sort of like a proper media campaign. I know they had the M T V show, but like people weren't really hearing the song. So yeah. I think considering what she put off despite the drawbacks she had on like the people in her corner because they weren't rooting for her yeah. at all. It was like they wanted <laughs> to see her fall, nearly. Like, you
1: have a clip of Nathan turning to Andy Scottley and, t- like, saying that he thinks Lisa is difficult, which, like, don't get me wrong, from, from the show, it seemed like she was. But, <laughs> like, but like awesome. you're saying that to, one, her brother, to like, a fellow client. It's just... In, in some ways, I don't think any of them were like, rooting against her, bar maybe Roseanne, but, like, yeah. it's really hard to watch... Or Roseanne, I should say, but it's yeah. really hard to watch that team and just be like, you were the only one steering this but even in some ways it felt like she wasn't either it just really felt like there was no clear identity as to who she was beyond steps And i think she struggled with that but also was like i don't know how to do anything about it so we're just gonna flinch it at a wall and see they were all just in a flap the whole time
2: but another thing that i did love just to go back to like the era of like tabloids and all that is when they stayed a paparazzi shoot. Do you remember this? Yes, with no magazine. No no magazine. And it's like the caption is like caught on camera and they're like reading a magazine in the park, talking and more bizarrely playing cricket. (laughs) (laughs) I was like
1: what in the world they're, they do they go on so many bizarre hobbies in the show at one point Michelle and Andy, Andy are just like playing golf I was like what and having an argument over the of whether they're going to get engaged and um, Andy's like can you hold the flag for me like, I need a tea yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need a tea because she's absolutely laying into she the
2: grass hockey and fucking golf I was going to say golf pitch whatever it's called <laughs>
1: This is I'm not a sports podcast. That. This is <laughs> pop culture podcast. Yeah, um, we mentioned Nathan. Nathan definitely had other motivations because he's been flat out on the reality TV shows uh, yeah. since he did. Uh, I think this is before Totally Scott Lee, but he did a musical revival program called Hit Me Baby One More Time. After Totally Scotty, he appeared on an E4 TV program called Boys Will Be Girls. I don't know if you remember oh, this. no, this is so unhinged. So it was basically <laughs> on Boys Will Be Girls, they made like a boy band, and the goal was no, they made a they put together a, a band of former boy band members, but they had to try and pass themselves off as a girl band. They were called the Honey Traps. Slightly problematic. So they started by auditioning male singers who'd all been in bands before, and I think he was one of the coaches. Uh, yeah, to be managed by uh, Olivier Bazadi and Nathan Moore, ex-lead singer of Brother Beyond. It was only once the final four had been selected that the twist was revealed. They were given the task of trying to pass themselves off as a girl, fra- girl band. One of the four, Martin Humes of JLS, backed out at this point and was not replaced. Oh, stop. Unhinged. Marvin. Unhinged. He didn't end up doing it, but it was like three other lads who I don't, really I don't remember. How
2: that man keep getting jobs
1: truly do
2: you know when you like you look at your career and you're like
1: why the fuck do I have imposter syndrome Oh, I was just about to say I was like girls if you're feeling yeah. I, uh, bad about your job or like I don't know whether to apply for this just wa- watch, total- yeah. channel, got and watch. Nathan. channel Nathan absolutely uh, 2006 then he issued a statement via his website announcing that he had stopped managing acts RIP to that um, and he's continuing towards the a solo artist. occasionally with Brother Beyond I think they were reformed at some point um, in the noughties nauti- as well he was on The Voice in 2015 did not man make nice it to the second round he needs to pack it Yeah. Yeah yeah like. good
2: like I'm not well I am I'm shitting on it but Pontins. if Pontins
1: is calling you may you know retrain that's the field sponsorship gone that's the Pondons sponsorship gone (laughs) thanks guys appreciate it appreciate it (laughs) could you ever see them coming back to do something again Lisa Scott Lee yeah so I'd love a whole gang I'd love like a little small reunion I wouldn't need a full series program following them but I'd love
2: yeah like what Jordy Shore did you know where they rewatch the show yeah yeah I think they should because I've got questions, you know, but I know I, I was looking it up like actually a couple of months ago because I'm an weird. I'm not Fair, even yeah.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
2: podcast, but they are in Dubai now and she's yeah. a teacher.
1: Yeah. like Facilitator her education. Love that. Well, because she kind of gives school teacher energy a little bit. She does so in fairness. She, yeah. yeah. So, like good on did you know her and uh, Johnny were on a series of Celeb Air on ITV2 post this is my favourite ever post show post show yeah so this was 2008 they were both sacked in a double elimination as they abandoned their duties as cabin crew to go clubbing in Ibiza they went to Eden for two hours <laughs> Fuck
2: off. She's like, gone up with my estimate. I
1: swear to God if you read any of their like Wikipedia pages it's just the best thing ever the two of them did Weakest Link Celebrity Couple Special they were voted off fourth I them. Brilliant Brilliant I did, I did
2: love as well when it was their anniversary and they get dressed up in like it reminded me of like a Katie Price and Peter Andre's wedding you know just like bouffant everywhere <laughs>
1: But it was like white and it was to go and have dinner in the conservatory. I was When she's coming downstairs in the wedding dress, I was so confused. I was like, are they not already married? Have I skipped an episode? I did the exact same thing. I was like, oh shit.
2: And then I was like, oh no. And then he
1: puts a garter on in the conservatory.
2: And she's like, I just want to have a love affair with the public. I was like, what in the world? I need to get off my phone. I was like, I need to focus on this more. It's so bizarre.
1: Is there any other like celebrity or like musical kind of family that you'd love to get the Totally Scott Lee treatment but it would be it would, ha- it would be this kind of open and it wouldn't be controlled or produced you know okay. what I mean all the music documentaries now are so controlled or produced like it would be as fly in the wall as invasive probably as mean as Totally Scott Lee who would you love to see get that treatment I will not rest
2: until I find out what happened in the elevator <laughs> with Solange and Beyonce so fair I will not rest so fair and I think it's going to be Blue Ivy. He's going to tell us yeah So that is one I would love to see because I just say Beyonce is an absolute bollocks Mm. and I just would love to see, I would just
1: love to see it all. Just get into Just give me the the gods, give
2: me these, let me just deconstruct it in my mind and kind of piece it all together. Yeah. What would yours be?
1: Mm, God, probably Beyonce or I know they've kind of already done it, but like to do it modern day, like I'd love to see Jessica and Ashley Simpson, but like gearing up for their own comebacks and kind of charting that. She, you know what I mean? I, she
2: seems to never revive from the mime. No.
1: I just no. think people didn't like her. Yeah. Do
2: you remember that she was on punk Do you remember that episode? No, I don't think so. So she was on punk just after that scandal happened and she basically broke something in a shop and she's gone on camera being like to her friend, you have to
1: take the fall for me here. This cannot be me. <sighs> And
2: it was just like,
1: oh, yeah, now you're (laughs) definitely not coming back. (laughs) I really wish she'd do Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because she hangs out with some of them, but she won't. She's too private. Ashley. Ashley, yeah.
2: Did you ever read Jessica Simpson's autobiography?
1: I've listened to a podcast about it. Does that count? you probably get the
2: synopsis. It's incredible. Yeah. I didn't know she was so rich.
1: Yeah. She's one of kind of the first... Influ- like the best celebrity who kind of capitalised off the coming up with brands and like yes. being an influencer you know yeah I'm obsessed with them yeah obsessed. and
2: it really solidifies how much of a weirdo John
1: Mayer is yeah yeah Would not great listening to that not a great fella no. it's been such a pleasure we've kind of given away the whole thing but even it, like that's kind of the point of the podcast but also I'd, I'd love you to for anyone who hasn't watched and is maybe coming to this podcast first why should they watch totally scotland oh my god it's such
2: a journey okay it's so ruthless it's so real and you're kind of invested as well to see how it i mean obviously spoiler alert we've kind of revealed the charge but it's more the journey of it and just the pop culture crossover for me it's just to me it's like the perfect british reality tv show
1: I don't know where you watched it but I watched it on YouTube It's all on YouTube, thank God for that person (laughs) Ganak 13 or whatever your name is That's public service broadcasting I'm so grateful for you (laughs) Yeah look, she kind of flopped on the show but I will say, she did end up kind of getting the last laugh She had her first uh, full length solo album Now or Never Never or Now, sorry, the original title of the second song Um, and it was released in South Africa first March 26th, She's 2007. International, international Queen also loved that, how it documents how it's like, oh, you flopped in the UK, but maybe we'll try other territories. Yes. Never happens. No, the they weren't. She was ahead of her time. She was ahead of her time been a pleasure where can people hear more from you next week if they want to oh
2: yes so you can catch me um, as co-host of Unveiled so we are um, coming out with
1: episodes every Monday wherever you get your podcasts and would love you to tune in it's a great podcast I've been on before I'm yeah, not just saying that because I've been on before but it's a great podcast you
2: have you came up with the best line of all time where you describe somebody as the human equivalent of a carvery <laughs>
1: Poetic justice. Poetic justice, <laughs> truly. Nessa, always a pleasure. You are always welcome back. But for now, thank you so much for being thank on Black Culture. Thank you, my love. Goodbye. Thank you to Nessa. I'm going to leave all of her links in the show notes. And as I mentioned, she co-hosts the podcast Unveiled with of Cullen, which you can get on Go Loud or wherever you have podcasts. Totally Scott Lee is available to watch in full on YouTube it's one of the best reality shows I've ever seen and it pains me that we'll never ever ever see the likes of it obviously I think some aspects of it wouldn't happen today and rightfully so and then there are some aspects of it the lack of control I mean you just don't get it anymore and it makes me sad so brilliant just so many scenes finally top of flops this week let's discuss shall we
0: you're a flop. It was the
1: BAFTAs this week, British film. I don't think it was the TV part of it yet, so it was the film awards, hosted by David Tennant. All the usual suspects winning. Yup, Killian Murphy for Cork, winning for Oppenheimer Best Actor. He's definitely going to win the Oscar. I'm very excited for him. I'm very excited for Cork. Um, and, you know, with the ceremonies, you have your usual red carpets. Obviously, actors being interviewed. Andrew Scott was there, obviously, missed out on a nomination for All of Us Strangers. But he was there, Paul Mescal nominated, Paul Mescal was there. They were all there celebrating each other, having a laugh, whatever. Andrew Scott at one point is interviewed by a BBC reporter, I actually think he's their arts and entertainment correspondent, Colin Patterson. And Colin does does his job, you know, gets him and is like, how are you? And starts to ask him about fellow Irish actor Barry Keoghan who was nominated at the BAFTAs for Saltburn. We talked about Saltburn on the Patreon. If you want to go listen to that, it's patreon.com forward slash flopculture. The film is about to be spoiled if you haven't listened, so just to bear that in mind. And the correspondent starts to, as I mentioned, asks Andrew Scott if he knows Barry Keoghan uh, and asks about his reaction to seeing Barry Keoghan's naked dance scene in Saltburn. For anyone, again, who's not familiar, the end of the film ends with Barry Hogan dancing and helicoptering his genitalia around essentially, right? Let's put it politely, right? And that's why Sophie Alex Baxter's song is going viral because it soundtracks that moment. Anyway, he asks about it and Andrew Scott is saying, I won't spoil it for anybody. And Patterson is kind of pressing him, even though it's very clear then that Andrew doesn't really want it talk about it and Patterson's like I mean you've spoiled it away and Andrew's like no no all good Patterson seemingly being unable to read a room or a person I don't I really I can't fathom it but anyway he continues and he's like there was a lot of talk about prosthetics how well do you know him and kind of asking about prosthetics in general because again to say again Barry Kogan did not use the prosthetic so what you're seeing on screen is Barry Kogan's. He's asking Andrew Scott this, right? Andrew Scott shakes his head, leaves the conversation. Patterson finishes by saying, too much, which I believe was in jest. But this is a film that Andrew Scott is not in. It's a film that he's not there to promote. I think it's actually more significant that that Andrew Scott is there to promote All of Us Strangers, a film in which he leads and is very, very, very strong in, a film that is about a gay relationship that we've never... We're only just starting to see these kind of stories play out on screen, right? An unbelievably frustrating situation. and I just cannot fathom Patterson's thought process. And there's a lot of discussions around the fact that... Like, I'd wonder if he... And maybe, and I'm open to correction on this, maybe he did have time with Paul Meskel, maybe asked him the same thing. As far as I'm aware, I don't think so, because we're not seeing these kind of same viral moments coming out of that interview, if that's the case. Why, were like, why, why, why? And I get it. They're two Irish actors. They definitely know each other. The Irish industry is famously very supportive. And especially these three men at this particular time, all having this kind of surge in their careers. They're very vocally supportive of each other. A weird line of questioning. And you'd have to wonder why specifically Andrew Scott. And there's a question as to whether, did Patterson think it was appropriate because Andrew Scott is gay? Let's ask him about willies. You know what I mean? That's... You obviously can't see, but I'm rubbing my face in frustration. I just... I really can't understand that thought process. And it was just very frustrating. It's an impossible clip to watch from Andrew's perspective, especially as someone... Like, we were at the premiere for All of Us Strangers and to see Andrew get visibly emotional talking about this, All of Us Strangers, this film, and... About how we're seeing these stories play out on screen. When I mean, like, less than thirty years ago or whatever, it was illegal to hold someone's hand in the street if you were gay. You know what I mean? It's it's just all a bit pathetic. And I'd say something now if there if there was a thing about prosthetics being used of all of us strangers. As far as I'm aware, there isn't. You know, there's there's no even tenuous link. And it seems like it was just asked for shock value and i know some people were arguing sophie alice baxter was asked about the scene i can kind of understand the thought process there because her song is specifically used to soundtrack that scene she's intimately aware of it i think personally there are more interesting questions to ask than asking about other people's bits and bobs even for sophie alice baxter but i don't know it's there's been a huge people are calling on him to apologize whatever i'm not sure if he will i mean we'll see watch this space But I did see, it's kind of brought up this other conversation that I'm seeing play out now on social media as well. Someone had written online about this specific interview moment saying, social media has ruined us. They need to go viral from red red carpet interviews is destroying them. And I wanted to put that to you, listeners. What do you think of that statement? Because I kind of agree. I see this, now I will say, I see this kind of criticism leveled out. And I'm seeing it leveled more at the likes of Amelia de Moldenberg, who does Chicken Chop Date, recently announced as the red carpet correspondent for the Oscars. I'm pretty sure that's her title. She's going to be at the Oscars in some capacity anyway. Seeing a lot of things come up around that. And like, look, I think those type of interviews and those type of questions absolutely time and a place because these type of interviews and these type of questions came about because interviews were getting too self-serious. You know, the actors were kind of, they were getting bored of answering the same questions. These kind of, cookie cutter copy and paste questions where they either weren't allowed to kind of think about things or have fun right so the so the Amelia de Molenbergs, the chicken shop dates the stuff like that these viral fun moments were born out of a need for them but I do also think there needs to be balance like I'm happy for Amelia to be there and do her thing and get the clips and have fun with the celebrities because you're seeing them in new lights and often you are getting different insights into how they work or like Behind the scenes, you know, tidbits or whatever. You do get that as well as kind of the fun jokey stuff. And I think they're they're as worthy as the as the nitty-gritty, we're getting into the art. We're talking about the art, guys. You know, those kind of questions. But there has to be a balance. Like, you can have 50% of the interview be, you know, we're talking about this, the and then the last. 50% never having fun or 75-25 or if you want to weigh it another way you know what I mean like it can be 25% serious 75% fun you know but fun doesn't mean fucking stupid like and it goes back to this I just can't I from my perspective if I was prepping to interview Andrew Scott the only I, I, the only question I'd be asking him about Barry would be why do you think we're producing so many good talents at the minute which again is that a great question in hindsight no this we're, we're learning on the job, girls. We're working this out as we go, right? But that's still a better question than, what do you think of, Bar- what do you make of that scene? Gas, yes, isn't it? What do you want that person to say in response? I don't know. Also, the salt burn discourse is dead. We need to be talking about something else now, okay? This is how far we've moved past it. I don't know. What do you guys think? You're always very good at coming back with feedback on these stories, so we're very interested here flopculture underscore pod on Instagram. I'm always reading your messages there. Or if you want to go longer, tell at gmail.com. Can read some in next week's episode. Sorry. I, was I on the rant there? It's been a while since you have had a rant. Anyway, thank you so much for listening as always. Or if it's your first time, so happy to have you. Much appreciated. I already mentioned we're on social media and I mentioned Instagram. We're on TikTok as well. It's the same name. It's at flopculture underscore pod. I would love some ratings five-star or four-star. You know what? You, you can't be greedy in this cost-living crisis. Wherever you're listening, if you leave or review an app a podcasts in your nickname, I'll recommend a proper or flap to you next week's episode. And I mentioned, we're on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash flapculture culture. You get minimum, minimum two bonus episodes a month, but it's usually more. What have we done this month so far? We just released our episode of Bop Culture on Sharp Objects, a brilliant recap with Keane McCarthy. And also coming up, I did an episode on Book Talk. Is it in its flop era with Carla Kay? Lots of book talk, drama around specific authors, genres, tropes, stuff that I knew nothing about. So I was really glad that Carla jumped in on that. That if it's not out by the time this episode is out, it will be out very soon. You also get the episodes ad free, early access. I just hit my laptop. Sorry um you get other things sometimes you get video episodes it's great I love it over there and you get an opportunity to like chat with me leave comments as always if you want to request episode topics it's helloflopculture at gmail.com we're nearly coming to the end of season three so this is really your last chance unless you're waiting for the next season so do get your suggestions in if you just want the audio only the audio only the bonus audio you can also now subscribe on Apple Podcasts for slightly cheaper as well and you get the episodes in feed some of the episodes are available to watch on YouTube including this one I think that's all my plugging this has been Flap Culture I really appreciate you listening edited as always by Adam Shanahan I'll see you back here same time same place next week bye bye <laughs>